This is Jamie Finn from Foster the Family, and this is The Real Mom Podcast. Hey there, friends. It is now episode 13 of The Real Mom Podcast. I feel like we have been at this for a while together. Thanks if you've been listening all along for sticking with me. I love getting the messages from people saying that they're binging and catching up, and I love doing this, and I'm so grateful that you're listening. Today, I am talking to Kim Nodorf, who is a biological and foster mom of five kiddos, and you are going to love her perspective. She is an example for us all. I learned from her, and I know that you're going to learn from her also. Here is episode 13 of The Real Mom Podcast. Today, I'm talking to Kim Nodorf. Kim is a biological and foster mom. I'm excited for us to really get to know her together during this time. So hi, Kim. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Good. So are you at work? Yeah. Can you tell? I can tell. (laughs) Can you tell yes. that I was just outside playing uh, wiffle ball with my six-year-old? <laughs> okay. All right. So tell me about your family. Okay. So I've been married almost 17 years, which seems weird. They don't feel that old. but I know. Don't been. you think that all the time? When Always. I say things like, oh yeah, that was 20 years ago. I'm like, but aren't I like 25? Yeah. How is that possible? <laughs> yeah. Um, we have a almost 16 year old daughter who has, um, was born with a rare genetic disorder that wasn't diagnosed until she was six, but by then we already knew we were dealing with something quite Mm. a beast. So, um, having her was, uh, quite an experience. We were pretty young parents and it was, um, she had problems from the start. So we started baptism by fire parenting with her and then, um, by chance of her getting some birth control and vacation <laughs> at our second, <laughs> which was perfect because I don't think I could have um, had her otherwise. I was too scared. So um, I have a 13, we have a 13 year old daughter who is almost six feet tall. It's a beautiful, she's amazing and she's so helpful and responsible. And I can't complain about her being 13 yet. She's actually really great. So <laughs> <laughs> thankfully, um, and then we have a nine-year-old son who is a competitive skateboarder and he was my baby for seven years until we started fostering. So he is my little sweet guy. Okay. We have our two littles. So you have three biological children. All right. Yeah. So I want to talk about all these things for a second. I, I, when I was 13, I was about six foot. Oh, I'm yeah, almost which- six foot. When you're, I mean, now it's great, but when you're 13, it doesn't feel great because you're taller than the boys mm-hmm. and it's just, everything is a little awkward and, and lanky and you don't realize that it's beautiful until, until you grow right. into it a little bit. I'm the same way, but I love that she's taller than the boys. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Away. <laughs> yeah that's great. And then, okay. So I had this epiphany the other day. My son is super athletic in that he can run and jump and climb and fall, but he's not really great with like team sports and balls and that kind of, and so the other day I was like, oh my gosh, he's a skateboarder. That's what we need to have him do. He's not scared of anything. He's good with falling. He, so how did you get your son into competitive skateboarding? 
because I am it, going to try to do it. <laughs> he got on a board. He started scootering and okay. he liked it. But then he saw the kids at the skate park skating and he was seven at the time. And he was like, I want to do that. Jumped on a board and he was just, he's just naturally gifted. He's talented. He was never, we tried all the sports with him. Yeah. They were not for him. Yeah. But that kid, and I don't even worry about him because he can fall. He knows how to fall. Like well, me or my six foot tall daughter, we don't fall well. <laughs> exactly. My son like kind of falls down the steps on a daily basis because he like chooses to. And um, so people always say to me that he should do, oh, what is that called? Like the Russian climbing, you know, where you like, yeah, parkour. And so we're definitely going to do like something like that, but all right. Well, there's hope for him because he's six. So if your son yes. is seven, then I'm like, all right, he, yeah, get he's started. not getting started too late. That's great. No. Okay. So let's talk a little bit before we dive into foster care specifically, yes. let's talk about, um, because we have a lot of parents who are dealing with special needs. What, what was it like discovering the special, you know, a lot of times when it's foster care and adoption, you are opting into it. You know what you're getting into. What was it like sort of having the hopes and dreams that every parent has for their child and then seeing those expectations change and all of that? Can you go into that a little bit? Um, I say it was my first big heartbreak. Um, She's my Achilles heel. I always feel emotional talking about her. Oh, sorry. I love talking. About, no, no. I love talking about her. Just if my voice gets shaky, that's why. Um, she was three weeks old when she had her first seizure. And we were only, I was 23. My husband was 20. And it was just. You guys were kids to kids. deal with that when you're a kid. Yeah. Wow. And you just had this false hope. If we stop the seizures, she'll get better. And so you're just fighting the seizures, fighting the seizures to, to extents. I wish I would have known not to go. We did brain surgery on her at two and there's things I, if I would have known the seizures are always going to be there, I wouldn't have fought them so much. I would have just tried to, um, but I regret is not really necessary or important or can't go back, but, um, just learning advocating for her is what gave me such a um, strong fire to want to help other kids because when you are you are their voice literally she doesn't speak and she never has said one word and she doesn't walk she doesn't you know we are fully completely she's relying on us for everything and so she um it was absolutely devastating and I hate that um I feel that having her with her condition has changed me and helped to find my relationship with Christ as it was always a joke that I was more mom fearing than God fearing. Mm. But, um, I finally found my own relationship with Christ through her. And I hate that it took, it didn't take her, you know, I know God's plan is way bigger than ours and I'll never see it until I get there. But I just hate that. I was such a, I was always super just, uh, resistant. And so, um, when I finally was able to surrender and just trust him, it um, obviously made everything better, but mm. it just took a really long time to get there. Mm. It was hard. So let me ask you this. As someone who clearly had your hands full and you know had a lot on your plate, how many people in your life thought you were crazy <laughs> for taking care of other people's kids? 
when, when this was uh, what your family looked like? Fortunately, nobody told me that to our faces. Okay. <laughs> but All I right. know, I know they're thinking it for sure. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine. I think I'm crazy. I think yeah. we're crazy. But um, a really, really supportive family and team and friends who all just said, if anyone can do it, you guys can. So I love what you said about advocating for her made you realize how much every child needs an advocate and a voice. That is such, that's one of those things that I feel like I could never say to you. No one could say that to you. It's something God has to place in your heart of like, this is what I was doing in you. I was building your heart, not just for your daughter, but for other people's daughters. And that's really beautiful. Yeah. The one thing though, with foster care is that your voice isn't quite as powerful as I thought it was going to be. So Mm -hmm. that was hard but you still learn your ways to quietly speak for them. And I think you find your way through the system much easier. But when you are the biological parent, obviously you have all the rights. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. That is really hard. So you just said you learn to do it more quietly. What are ways that you've found it to be effective to advocate for your kids? And yet I call it playing the game. Like we shouldn't have to play the game, but they created the game. And so now we need to play it for the benefit of these kids. How have you done that? I just am respectful to every teammate. I always pray ahead of time that God places the players in our court and that um, he is obviously ultimately in power. And so I trust him when I deal with these people that they are playing the same game and we're all doing it for the same right reason, even though I can get jaded by people I just try to keep my perspective in there and that I just respectful I'm kind. I always try to assume they are, they are in it for the best reasons. Yes. Yeah. I, I know that people misstep and that they sometimes take the easy way. And, but I think that foster parents should never say the words, these people don't care about my child or my worker doesn't care. Nobody cares because the, the closer that I become with social workers, the more I see like a lot of times their hands are tied or there are so many different things. And so we shouldn't assume that they don't care. And I can tell, like you said, perspective, you use the word teammate. I'm kind of viewing, when I say the game, I'm kind of viewing them on like the opposing team. (laughs) I love that you said teammate. And I think that that shows that perspective. That's really awesome. So if you just had a 15 second sort of advice for either a parent of a child with special needs, now that you're 16 years into this, or someone who's considering saying yes to a child with special needs, what would your quick advice be? Don't say no because you're scared of what's going to happen. There, you just learn along the way. And if your heart is there, just do it and just trust that you're going to have the help along the way. You're going to have doctors, you get therapists, you get, you get a lot of help. And if you're willing to do it, do it. Don't be scared by G tubes or oxygen or, you know, that kind of stuff. I feel if you're led to do it, just say yes. All right. So let's talk more just about your foster kids. Now you said you have two littles, right? 
two littles and we had, my son was seven and then we got a nine month old and he is our first placement. He's still here two years later. And, um, when he was just about a year, his sister was born and they called me on a Friday and asked me to pick her up on a Saturday. I knew she was going to be born. I knew mom was pregnant, but okay. I just, for some reason, too new into this, I thought, oh, well, we won't, they'll take her home. No. <laughs> was the plan ever two kids? Um, no, but I kept, um, we, when we got licensed, I said, just make it for two. There's probably a sibling. <laughs> so really, yeah. <laughs> All right. So you said he's been with you for two and how old is the baby? Um, the, the baby, they're both going to be two and three in September. Okay. All right. So they've both been with you for two years now. Almost. Okay. So what is, I mean, at two years, that's a lot of times you're at adoption after two years. What is going on in their case two years in? We had a really complicated case. Um, he's been in care almost his whole life. He's almost mm. in almost three, but um, we were at trial in September and our judge quit our case <gasps> due to circumstances I can't talk about, but she felt she could no longer be, um, partial or yeah, she could no longer be partial to our case. So she quit and we had to get a new judge And the qu- next trial was six months later. Oh my God. Finally ruled. Yeah. And she finally ruled after almost two months from trial, she severed. But now we're waiting for the appeal time. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I had some someone come up to me after our support group um, the other day. It was her termination trial is like this week, I think. And we mentioned something about waiting for the decision. And she came up to me afterwards, like wide-eyed. Wait a second. You don't find out that day? And I didn't know that either. And so here is like a PSA for all of the foster parents. You're waiting for this date. You're wondering to know what's going to happen. And, and yet sometimes, but two months for the decision, I, we waited maybe a week. And even that was, we've waited for this date for so long to now have to wait a week. Killed me. I can't believe you waited two months. Well, he waited two months. That's what's, I mean, it's a great decision for a judge to look at the case and say, I shouldn't be the judge here, but it's so sad to see a kid hanging in the balance for eight months because of just legal stuff. Yes, absolutely. It was, I just want permanency for them. You know, I was so weird about hanging their pictures on the wall. I kept thinking, I just want, I just want this to be it. I want this to be us. We had tried reunification. I am not, I, we did not get into adopt. I actually love their mom. I support her. She was in foster care herself. So this is nothing to do with their parents. Their parents can't parent them. And I just, at when we realized that probably about a year in, and I just wanted them to know that this is your home. And it, I know they know it's their home, but I wanted I don't know. I don't know why I need that piece of paper, but I just need the finality with foster care. You know, we know all those stories. You know why you need, I just had an in your face, why you need that piece of paper. My, my daughter just broke her arm. My poor four-year-old daughter just broke her arm last week. Um, 
and obviously I was heartbroken for her and it was, it was hard for her to deal with emotionally. Um, but it happened to my son two years ago and I don't do, (laughs) I don't do well with this kind of stuff at all. Like I'm the least cool mom. So when it happened two years ago with my son, I literally fell on the ground, passed out, ran in the bathroom, started throwing up and, and then ran out. And all I could think as I'm, you know, like up and down, throwing up, passing out, I was yelling at my husband, tell them it was a mistake. Make sure he says it was a mistake. And I just felt this terror of if they think that we did this to him, I will lose my daughter. And they, it was post-termination. So these girls, they were ours and yet they weren't because we didn't have that piece of paper. So this time my daughter broke her arm and it was like, this is so sad for her, but all of that panic was gone. And it just hit me in the face of like, yeah, two years into parenting these kids and everyone sort of being on the same page. And yet there is that reality of anything can happen. And it hangs over your head in a way that I think you don't realize until you're out of it. (laughs) And it like, it hit me last week. Oh yeah. I lived in a panic that anything that goes wrong could mean me losing my kids. I'm interrupting my chat to make sure that you know about the Real Mom Podcast landing page. You can find it at www.realmompodcast.com. There I connect you to my guests. I connect you to all the resources and books and recipes and shows and everything that we discuss. That will be the best place for you to get the Real Mom Podcast experience. Visit there, www.realmompodcast.com. You talk, You said two things that I want to go back to. One is that you didn't get in this to adopt. Um, so talk, talk to me about that. When did that change for you? Well, we were definitely open to adopt, yeah. but okay. I, my, our heart was to help families. And we took our PS MAPS class and that's what you're taught, reunification, reunification. So we met the parents. We got him on a Wednesday and I met her on a Monday at a doctor's appointment by myself with no, my husband was with me, but we had no caseworker or nothing. We met at a doctor's appointment. And so I'm thankful for that. It was kind of like naive because it was so new and I gave her my email and I made my phone number. (laughs) There's some stuff I would change it and I would recommend, but, um, yeah, but some of that is stuff that I think a lot of foster parents get more comfortable with. Like I didn't start there, but that's how I handle things more now. But Mm -hmm. for your first placement, it shows that you really bought into it. Um, because to be right on board with meeting and contact and all that, that's great. So you had it from the very beginning very beginning. And I'm thankful for that. And it made it easier for you to root for them, not harder. Sometimes it's harder the more you know, but then sometimes it's easier because you can love them instead of just think hypothetically. I guess I I thought if they went home, she could call me if she ever needed me and I knew she would. And that was my comfort. Yeah. So. So what, what sort of things did you do to encourage that relationship? Well, it was pretty easy because the minute I met her, um, she was tiny and young and very pregnant and I had no animosity towards her at all, mm-hmm. at all. And, um, she had a little attitude to me at first. And I just, I said, you know, we're here to, we're here for you. We're taking care of your son. We love him and we we're here for you. And I just felt 
like she changed her demeanor changed. She just softened and that was all it took. And from then on, I felt she trusted me in a world that she doesn't trust anybody. And while I wouldn't, I don't agree with her, a lot of her choices at all and don't see her able to parent. Um, I just felt she didn't have a lot of people she could trust. She felt everybody's against her and to have one people, one group of people that actually respected her and loved her for her commitment to raising him and trying, trying to raise him and gave him life. I can't hold anything against her. So that's awesome. Yeah. I think that that is one of the best things that we can say and we can't assume that they know it. I think that we need to say to our kids' parents, I am for you. I am on your side. You know, now that we're not even looking to adopt, I say, I am not trying to adopt your child. And I feel like that tears down walls because I think they can have perspective, first of all, of those foster homes that aren't good homes. Or if it is a good home, then it's you're trying to steal my baby from me. And so I try to just create a picture of a little bit like, here's what our life is sort of like, you don't need to be afraid for your child. But then also, I'm on your side in this. And I want you to be able to parent this child. To answer your question that you I never even answered, when we got to about a year, and we realized the case plan, nothing was changing. And they wanted to change the case plan and ask us if we would adopt. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't say no. I mean, we were so attached and they are attached, so attached to us. And they're, they're, they're family and they love our kids and our kids love them and mm-hmm. they just fit in. So what is going on in the appeal process? Nothing so far. They just have, um, I don't know, every state's different, clearly, I'm sure, but um, they have two weeks to appeal. Two weeks and they, have and yet, they haven't yet done yet that. to do it. No, today okay. is it. All right. And then is it, when do you think that, and you'll get an adoption date. I was told within two months, once we get past here. So I'm hoping, praying. Will you do a party? Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like an the all kind of party. Oh yeah. Our friends and family have been so supportive through this and we just deserve, all of us deserve a, just a big sigh of relief and just pinatas and everything (laughs) (laughs) yeah we had elsa elsa was on a pinata (laughs) (laughs) we probably have moana i'm sure (laughs) all right so let's switch gears a little bit let's talk about you just as a mom as a person i want to know what you're doing what you're eating reading watching and listening to so what are you doing i'm doing um well i still work i work three days a week so I work, my sister and I own a painting company that has been given to us by our father. So I'm like in a construction a house field. painting? Yeah, we painting? paint houses. Yes. But you don't actually paint the houses, no. right? <laughs> okay. No, we sit in the air conditioning. No, it's, no, it's, that's what I do for work. And then okay. but three days a week, so. Okay, so hold on. I need more you when you're not at work what's your hobby what's your thing Uh, is watching volleyball skateboarding and taking kids to doctor's appointments a hobby no I know I know you need a better answer hold on I know like a self-care sort of (laughs) intervention right now if you can't answer this question the right way then it means that you need to do something for you 
what was your thing before you had kids oh man um i love movies and i do love to escape to the movies whenever i can like the movie theater movie theater yeah our show if i can get lucky enough to get tickets to a show i love theater that's my thing i love where are you where where do you live um in arizona okay so are you 110 degrees here Oh my goodness. Fun. Okay. So do you have like good theater near, near you? The college has a, um, the gamage it's called. And yeah, they, the show, the, the Broadway tours and yeah. they go there. So, okay. Yeah. They do. Yeah. I, yes. I love theater. It used to be my thing more because we're close to New York city. But then after we had kids, it was like, man, New York City is just like stressful and tiring. And when we have a day to do something, I really don't want to go be with millions of people. I kind of want to like sit in the mountains with a book. So I, I don't love do that New anymore. York. I love New York City. I actually modeled when I was young, many years ago. And I started at 14 and I spent my summers there. Oh my gosh. So well, I promised my daughter next summer, I'll take her for her 14th year. To model? No, it's in New York City. <laughs> okay. No. I was going to say, well, if she's a six foot and... No. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. That's like a whole other world. Yeah. I have like two lives. Yeah. Okay. All right. So when I asked what you did before you were a mom, part of the answer is you were a professional model. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Okay. All right. What are you eating? Oh, I am a weird person who gets on kicks really bad. And I am on a Waldorf salad kick. I keep making it and I eat it all day. I, thing. I used to down Waldorf salads also. I'm a vegetarian now, but yeah. I could, I could get on that. I hear you with the Waldorf. <laughs> and homemade cookies. I eat chocolate chip cookies and make those way too often. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are you reading? I am reading The Connected Child. As we get mm-hmm. closer to adoption, I've been definitely way more zoned into that, especially as the kiddos get a little older and I'm seeing some fun behaviors. Did you read it before you became a foster parent? No. Okay. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people say, and I felt this way that I read it and I was like, okay, that was good. And, but then like you're saying, once you're in it and you actually see some of the patterns and you're like, why is this like that? Then like the light bulb goes off and it, it just makes more sense. I always do I always do a reading uh, nonfiction and then I'm always on a fiction because I'm in a book club. But I guess I should say that's something they do as well. There you as go. That's reading. your thing. I love books and I'm in a book club and we're doing something in the water right now. It was on Reese Witherspoon's book suggestion. So oh. we're trying it. Cool. I haven't heard of it. That's new. Okay. All right. What are you watching? Are you, you're, you said you're a movie person. Yes. We watch um, The Greatest Showman probably once a day. <laughs> <laughs> once a day. I love that. And, I feel um, you there. Boss Baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we love Boss Baby too. That's so funny. Um, and This Is Us, but they're not on break, of course. Mm-hmm. But I'm also going to lose any respect from anybody when I say I'm a reality TV junkie. Well, hold on. I, you don't lose my respect. It depends what you mean. If you're saying reality TV and you mean like the bachelor, then maybe if the bachelor, I do like the bachelor. Yes. I have watched every episode since I was a kid of survivor. Do you watch survivor? Nope. Oh, 
But I like Naked and Afraid XL right now. Okay. <laughs> That's not and- my style as much. But I remember the first time I heard of this show, someone, I think it was my parents were telling me they were watching. And I was like, you watch a show where everyone's naked the whole time? But really, that is not the most interesting part of the show. It's the, it's the least interesting part, exactly. especially on XL as groups. And so there's the, the drama oh, and yeah, the whole yeah. thing. So yeah. I can't help it. And I love Big Brother, which is starting soon. Okay. So yeah. So so you don't lose respect, but you're definitely like your <laughs> B with the reality TV shows. It's bad. It helps me like not think about my I life. Know. So. It's the epitome of like amusement. <laughs> like I'm going to sit here and not think. That's Absolutely. the point of amusement. <laughs> okay. And what are you listening to? Are you a music or words kind of listener? I'm both. I like okay. to listen to my audiobooks, but I also like to get in my jams. But I'm still in reckless love. I cannot stop listening to that song, Corey Asbury. That song is so good. And the imagery of it, like yeah. just like you're so kind to me. Like, oh, just <sighs> and totally fear's kind. a liar. Fear's a liar is another one I like on repeat. Oh yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I someone else is. said that once and I didn't know that song. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh yeah. This is one of yeah. those, like, it digs deep in your soul kind of songs. Yes. And Hill songs, uh, um, So Will I, 100,000 or 100 billion times. I don't know I that. Can, I cannot sing, so I cannot sing it for you. <laughs> Hold on. But- <laughs> sing it for me just real quick. No, I'm just No. <laughs> um, but look it up, So Will I, and it is, it is another one that you just want to kind of jam in the, the car, just sing your heart out too. Awesome. I feel like I have good music advice here. <laughs> okay all right so tell everyone where we can find you on the well on in, uh i have an instagram uh calm amongst chaos which is kind of funny because i'm not very calm so it's, it's just, so I what know. was the story behind that name then <laughs> um i was told i don't know i think it's because i'm tall i don't know if you can relate to this but people see me more as graceful than i am <laughs> And they're like, they see me walk in with, like, I literally bring chaos with me with little kids, you know, it's just crazy. And I'm pushing a wheelchair and I have kids running around and they're like, you're so calm amongst the chaos. And I'm like, <laughs> if you could be in my brain right now, right. wondering where everybody is, who needs our diaper change? Like, you have no idea I'm not calm, but see, I, I don't liked think it. that actually has ever been said to me before. So <laughs> I think that's a little more you and not the height. Because no one's ever said that to me. So really? I mean, they've said well, chaos, but. Yeah. Uh, well, I played basketball in high school and I thought I was like so tough and, you know, and people would say, you play so graceful. And I'll be like, no, I'm not graceful. I'm tough. I'm strong. So <laughs> I don't know what it is. All right. So your Instagram is the best place for everyone to find you. All right. Great. Kim, this was great. Thank you so much for being open just with your story and with all the feelings of it all. And I, um, I appreciate your example and the way that you talked about a bunch of things. So I think that you're really going to be encouraging to a lot of people who listen. So thank you so much, Kim. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Real Mom Podcast. You can find us online, www.realmompodcast.com or on iTunes and subscribe. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash realmompodcast or Instagram at realmompodcast. Thanks so much for listening.